Marie, what got you into YWAM? Mm, that is a good question. Um, well, Lancaster County is very well known. Like YWAM is very well known in Lancaster County. So I know lots of people that have been there. Almost any base that I've been to, everybody knows where Lancaster County is or about Lancaster County because people go there. Like there's somebody from Lancaster County at every single base, no matter where you go. Um, that's part of it. My cousin had went and it was always an option of something. I was like, oh, I could do YWAM, but I don't know if I ever will. And then I did. So what, what made your decision, your decision to do that? Um, God. <laughs> That's honestly the short answer. <laughs> the long answer is my youth group actually went to London and Albania with Mission Adventures, which was a two-week trip with YWAM for like a mini version of a DTS. So we went to London for one week of training, and then we went to Albania for a week of outreach. And after doing that, I was like, I absolutely loved it, and I would love to do something more with that and like actually go to YWAM and do a DTS because I learned so much in that two weeks. So what was one experience over in that first experience that was just mind-blowing? The experience probably that meant the most to me was having a prophecy night. Prophecy um, night. Well, actually, like, multiple, like, prophecy things of where, like, they laid out pictures and they're, like, we were with another youth group. And there was an, I was paired up with another girl that I didn't know from London. And they're, like, go pick a picture out for this person that you feel like the Lord's speaking to you and tell them what they're speaking about and she got a picture of a flower and she brought it up to me and she explained it and then I had the same exact thing happen in Albania that it was like the same like explanation of what the flower was and I, that's the same explanation I had told people I had actually been in Montana the summer before for a camp um, volunteering out there and that's how I explained my experience there was like a flower and I was opening up um, just like into who I was and like just becoming who I was as a person and who God created me to be. And that's how people explained it. And it was just like, wow, like all these different experiences of the same exact thing. In really, different really countries. Cool. Yeah, in different countries. So there's with no different way, people. There's no way that these people yeah. knew each other at all. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's definitely one way that God speaks to me is like multiple times. Like mm -hmm. when he has a word for me, he'll multiple people will tell me that or it'll happen multiple times. So it was one of the first experiences of that. And it was really, really cool. So how did you end up going to New Zealand and choosing Marine Reach as your base? Um, that was because I was just, um, I think this is, we went in October, 2019 and in 2018, in the beginning of the year, I just was randomly looking at YWAM. I was like, if I would ever go, where would I go? What would I look for? And I was looking for medical DTSs because I was always interested in the medical field and compassion ones because I felt like I had a lot of compassion and like compassion, like DTSs that were based in that. I was like, that would be really cool. And I was also looking for ones in New Zealand because I was like, New Zealand's a cool place to go. I love to travel. That'd be really amazing if I went there. And then I found the medical compassion DTS in New Zealand. <laughs> and I was like, this is it. If I ever go to New Zealand, this is the base I'm going to go to. It sounds perfect. It's exactly what I want. It has everything I want. Like, this is, like, such a God thing. It was a sign from the Lord. Yeah. Talk about all three yeah. words mm -hmm. completed. Because I don't know how many medical compassion is actually in YWAM. Like, if you search mm -hmm. that up. Yeah. Um, 
and and I mean especially in New Zealand I think I think some people have talked about it where it is like there I think there might be one in like Australia and then one in New Zealand so people are yeah, going like so. in the Pacific mm-hmm. so what countries have you been to I have been to Paraguay I've been to Grenada and Costa Rica and Canada and Uganda Albania London Indonesia and New Zealand I think that's everything which one was your favorite country to go to? Okay, okay. Let me rephrase this because I have the qu- I have trouble asking this question <laughs> or answering this question too. What is your favorite? What country has the most meaning to you? Probably New Zealand, I'd say, because that's where I grew the most, probably. And there's so many people there that mean so much to me. Mm-hmm. But every country I've been to has like some special has a special place in my heart for different reasons. And then, so based on, like, the country itself, scenery, food, all that, what would be your favorite country that you visited? Probably New Zealand again. Yeah. So I think we just established (laughs) that your favorite country is New Zealand. New Zealand's so varied in, like, the scenery of New Zealand. Like, they literally have everything, so. Mm -hmm. They have river forests down there. Mm -hmm. Red wood And they have mountains and beaches and... They got Narnia. Yes. We went they to Narnia. They also got Narnia. Yeah. What was the event that made you realize you had a significant growth in New Zealand? It was probably a prophecy or like a prophetic night that we did burning things. It was probably that night. Um, I had a one-on-one with our speaker, Femi, and I didn't really know what it was going to be about. But what came out in it was he's like maybe I was – I've had a really – tough couple of years before I went to New Zealand because there was a lot of people dying um, in Lancaster County. A lot of young people, um, a guy in my church died. He was 24 in a car accident. My uncle died that year before I went. And there was just like a lot of death. And it was just a really, really hard year leading up to New Zealand. And I was always felt a lot of pain for people. But I was like, I don't know how to feel for myself. And he was talking that week about Kadosh, which is like, giving something back to the Lord and making it holy. And like, he asked me if I need to give up compassion and like, it sounds really weird, but he asked me if I need to give that up. And if the Lord's asking me to give back my compassion. And I was like, I don't know if I could do that. Cause I definitely had compassion as part of my identity of like what the love that I can give to other people. That's how I receive like love back. And that's like what I have to give to people. And that's my identity. Um, and he asked me that, and I was like, I, I don't, what would I have? I have nothing left if I give up that. Um, so then I went and talked with my one-on-one, and I was like, yeah, I think I should give this up. I prayed about it, and we could burn it and, like, put it in the fire. And actually what I did was poured water over top of the fire for all the tears and just to signify what I had given out. And after that moment, like, there was, like, a switch turned off in me. And, like, I can't really explain it, but I just felt so much joy. And I could be, like, the realization came to me that I could be a child of God. I didn't have to do anything, but I could just receive the love of God and just sit in his presence and be a child. And I didn't have to give anything for that. I didn't have to give love to people to receive that love from the Father. And it was just, like, like I said, it was just, like, a switch turned on um, or turned off. And I still had compassion, 
but I didn't feel things for other people for a long period of time. I didn't feel it as strongly. And there's just, things came just, loving people came so much easier for me and it wasn't draining for me because it wasn't coming out of myself. Mm. It was coming from what the Lord, like the love that he poured on me, it was coming out of that instead of myself. So, so that was a huge turning point mm-hmm. for you. So you said mm-hmm. that your one, your identity changed, but also the love and compassion you have for people is no longer just out of your tank. Mm-hmm. It's out of yeah. God. So how does mm-hmm. have you seen it where you haven't been filling up and then you go back to rely on your flesh? Yeah, I would definitely say you. I know when it's happening for myself because I will just be so drained and I'm like, why am I not getting anything? Like if I'm around a lot of people and I'm just giving, 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 and if it's out of myself, I'll feel drained. And I'm like, why am I not like wanting love in return? But if it's out of spending time with the Lord, I can just give and give and give. And I don't need to get anything back to feel loved because I know I'm loved from the Father, if that makes sense. Yes, very much. Because our tank is very limited. Yes, it is His very tank limited. is not. So as mm-hmm. long as we're connected into his tank, we can go. So uh, that was DTS. Was there any other like memorable time? Just like just like like just like one fun time that you're like this is a memory that I treasure and hold. Or, you know, this might have been something silly or whatnot, but just like one fun memory. Christmas Eve probably, or Christmas Day. I forget which one it was, but it rained and everybody was outside dancing at night in the dark, mm-hmm. and it was like the field was flooded. And everybody, it was pouring down rain and everybody just went out and just had a party. And it was the great end. Oh, yeah. And that day before we had breakfast, mm-hmm. uh, who made, oh, no, it was just like staff that made, bre- staff and students that made breakfast. And then we had worship time. Yes. So that was incredible on mm-hmm. Christmas Eve or no, Christmas Day. And then we had a dinner. It was just kind of normal dinner. It wasn't anything like special. Yeah, we mm-hmm. already had our Christmas big Christmas celebration where we had Brazilian barbecue from an oh, authentic so Brazilian, and oh man, that was that was a fun experience. And then like people just gave gifts, and it was mm-hmm. like you know, I mean, they gave gifts of money, they gave gifts of chocolate, words of encouragement, a song. Like it's just cool, like giving gifts in YWAM because mm-hmm. it's just exciting. Like you never know what you're gonna get, mm-hmm. and it's like the simplest thing could be. That was actually really cool to see what different people got and how gifts were like, there were definitely some people I felt like they asked the Holy Spirit, like, what should I give this person? And then the gifts meant so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I remember, so it was relationships week. We basically had a huge secret Santa and I had uh, Emma Miles and I didn't really know her at all. Emma ended up being one of our outreach leaders Mm -hmm. and... I'm just like, God, what do I get her? And then I was like, oh, maybe I'll just get her like a movie night kind of popcorn thing. And it turns out popcorn is our favorite food. And I'm like, what? This is wild. Like, like, <laughs> you know, it's kind of, we had just mm-hmm. heard hearing God's voice. Mm-hmm. And then we go into relationships. And it's our second week. We really mm-hmm. don't know each other. And it's just like blows my mind. And like, I remember writing her a note. Uh, like, I think Psalm 139. And... And then on outreach, I had her, and I wrote the exact same thing. I did not remember the two at all. And it was the, almost practically the exact same words. And I'm like, this is wild. That's crazy. That's so cool. 
Uh-huh. I love stories like that. It just it just blows me away how, like how God speaks to us, mm-hmm. and then if you if you're willing to obey and actually do mm-hmm. it, it's like whoa, like I definitely that was not like I probably wouldn't have gifted someone popcorn, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> or or whatever gift it was, but it ended up being like the most encouraging thing and mean something. And she's like, you didn't ask someone for them, I'm like no, like no, no. I did ask someone else about you know mm-hmm. <laughs> what you like and whatnot, but. Would you say hearing from God makes people timid because sometimes it's too clear? For me, yes. Maybe something may be obvious and then discerning, all right, is this just me talking in my mm-hmm. head? Yeah. Or is this actually God yeah. speaking to me? Yeah, so it's like learning that voice. Which so how do you fine-tune that? It's practice. Mm-hmm. It's like knowing, and I think it's testing it too. It's like, okay, like I have this. I'm going to hold on to it. I'm going to say it's God. And if it doesn't come true, then it wasn't. And if it is, then it's like, I think you just kind of get this like feeling, at least for me, it's like a feeling of like, I'm like sure about this, but let me pray about it. Is there anything else that he's saying about the topic, the word or whatever? I mean, sometimes it's as simple as like, what do I get someone? And it's like, well, God might give you the option to choose. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that's just, I don't want to choose. But then sometimes it's like, get popcorn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think I'm still learning the small things in life, like how to hear God and like getting a gift or do I get this today? And I don't think, you know, we don't need to be going to God and asking everything. It's like, hey, what do I eat today? And then, you mm-hmm. know, waiting and then that. But <laughs> you can because some yeah. people do yeah. do that. And, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it's not like every single thing. I mean, mm-hmm. that would that would just hinder you in life. Like, oh, I got to wait for God to tell me, you know, do I get gas? How much gas do I you know, how much money do I spend on gas today? Like, there's some things you just you just do. But, you know, if you're making a big purchase, then, yeah, mm-hmm. ask God, do you yeah. do this? What's the what's the benefits? What's this? And he might give you a yes or a no or wait or but. I think it, a lot of it's just being sensitive to when you feel like God is speaking or, like, you, if you're at the gas station, like, it's super simple. But, like, you might be like, oh, I should pay for that person's gas. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's little things like that of just being willing and available to do what you feel like the Lord is leading you to do. So like, like you know, I'm, I said that I was still, you know, learning like God's voice and little things. And I think eventually he'll give you bigger and bigger things mm-hmm. to like hear him on. And I get frustrated sometimes. I'm like, like that was definitely God speaking to me, like to do that or to talk to that person. And I didn't do it. And I'm like, wow, like how do I still not know his voice? It's been this many years. And I think it's, and not that it his voice changes, but like our circumstances change. It's like, well, this is a pretty big deal. Maybe I should wait on this, or you're just like just unsure. So you you're unsure yourself, or depending on how you feel in the moment. It's like, well, it mm. might not be God. Maybe it's just someone's influence on my thoughts that are doing that. But I, I think it's frustrating sometimes. It's like, wow, like I failed again to obey what I thought maybe was God's voice or not. But then other times when you successfully do it, it's like that's a step in the right direction. It's like, okay, like, remember this. What is that like? Then also, like, I think God honors. It's like, okay, you're trying. You, mm-hmm. Your heart's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Your mind's right. So outreach actually was decided by us. Yes, it was. And <laughs> they, we... Medical Compassion had 29 students, and they split us up. They're just like, hey, you have three countries to choose from, one, two, and three. They did give the first one because it was a closed country, Mm -hmm. and they're like, 
you if you're thinking about this like you need to talk to your parents first mm-hmm. so they literally just gave us numbers and they're like pray over the numbers and it's like that's weird <laughs> but we had already heard had hearing god's voice and that and mm-hmm. so everyone wrote down their numbers and the reason why like what promises or whatever god had been telling us and then they they read it and they split us up over teams and well we ended up on a team with 11 kids nine students and two leaders there we go <laughs> why did why did you choose indonesia hmm, or that's a funny story. team one um i chose indonesia because actually like three months before i went to ywam somebody had actually told me that they saw me in india and indonesia with kids and i knew i was going to ywam at that point and i was like if i end up going to one of these two countries or both of them on outreach i'm going to lose my mind because that is incredible that's insane um so when they said indonesia right away i was like oh my word i'm pretty sure it's indonesia i'm like almost positive um and so like praying over it and stuff and I know at one point I was looking at flowers and I was like, I wonder what the flower of Indonesia is. So I looked it up and those flowers were actually from Indonesia. And like God gives me a little small signs, like things like that. Like it seems really small, but to me, they're really big. Um, and so he also gave me a verse. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, I think was what the verse was. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope in the future. And with those verses and with the prophecy beforehand of what somebody had prophesied over me that they saw me, I was like, I'm pretty sure Indonesia is my place. And it 100% was where I was supposed to be. I agree with that. I remember mine wasn't as biblical. It was just like, (laughs) this number sticks out to me and I cannot stop thinking about number one. (laughs) That was it. (laughs) I'm like, I I don't have another reason. Like, Mm -hmm. like, two and three just don't feel like it at all. So, I mean, I think everyone, well, I know everyone on our team and how they split up the, how the teams Mm -hmm. were split up and how they heard, how people, each person heard was just totally God. And it's cool because sometimes they have to go back and be like, hey, can you pray over this again? Like, are you Mm -hmm. sure? Yeah. But I think maybe, maybe one person. I don't think it was very many. It was, yeah, it was one or two. And that's incredible for that to happen out of 29 Mm -hmm students yeah to you know to for it to be evenly dispersed and like i mean practically since we were going to indonesia like if none of the if no boys wanted to go then they were going to be like hey we need we need a guy mm-hmm. to go we need a couple guys to go just just for the safety of yeah all the, the students the so there is yeah. some practicality behind that what they do mm-hmm. but yeah that was uh that was it we had a great team we did i loved our team. team and it was we really cool too. going in because none of us were like super great friends like marie mm-hmm. and i room together and oh and Karis and Karis roomed with us too yeah. yeah so Karis was my bunk mate and I mean we were we were friends like everyone was friends on base but like everyone has their groups and people mm-hmm. that they're most comfortable with which is yeah. not a bad thing and I thought it was cool because each one of our teammates like whoever they paired up or like tr- like if there was like three of us and two of us and however you split that up anyone could have a good conversation with you yep. whether it be very mm-hmm. serious or was just kind of joking around yeah. we all got along And our team was also very diverse Mm -hmm. in ages. We had every age from 18 to like 26, I think. Yeah. Even with birthdays. We had five, four (laughs) birthdays. Something like that, yeah. And it just like transferred over perfectly. Mm -hmm. Actually, I spent my 23rd birthday in Indonesia. My birthday was our first full day in Indonesia. So we were, uh, Karis got me donuts. What is the difference between an outreach and a DTS? Mm, Outreach is a part of DTS. So DTS is split up in two different Mm -hmm. 
sections. You have lecture phase where you're learning in the classroom. You're you're really like you're basically diving into self. Mm-hmm. So you're yeah. ripping away like, well, you're you're you know breaking off like things. You're dealing with yourself and like mm-hmm. what are some roots to like my selfishness or my pride or like sin that I haven't dealt with. And then outreach is applying everything that you have learned and you know, about missions or whatever your mm-hmm. stream is and applying that into an actual mission field. So some people, you either love lecture phase or you love outreach phase. Uh, outreach is your typical, like, missionary trip. So mm-hmm. when you describe YWAM, you're like, I'm going to, like, a missionary. It's like a school, but not really, but yes. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was a mission trip. But So DTS, you gain your knowledge. Outreach, you go give your wisdom. Well, okay. DTS encompasses both lecture and outreach. So in lecture phase, you get all your wisdom. In in outreach phase, you apply all that. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? DTS encompasses all that. So DTS, you get discipled, you get trained, and you get schooled. So you get trained to go out into the world. Why did you say that? Well, (laughs) I was saying it for the end. Why don't you just give the the, the acronym of the actual word itself? Oh, you we didn't do you, that yet? You, no, you, we didn't. You whammers have so many so little sorry. short phrases Y-wham? and everybody's just okay. like, yeah, okay. we totally don't get that, but we'll just smile and nod. <laughs> Which why it, don't you just ask? I don't know, because that's that's Western culture. Oh, my goodness. It really is, though. Yeah, like, you is. say, like, I've been to YWAM. Oh, yeah, missionary stuff. DTS. Oh, that's really, mm-hmm. like, they don't care or ask. Or they feel afraid. It's like, mm-hmm. well, I don't know how to ask this, so I'm just going to avoid it. <laughs> well, Youth with a Mission, YWAM. Mm-hmm. DTS, Discipleship Training School, where you get discipled. Make a note, kids. You get trained and mm-hmm. you get schooled. YWAM mm-hmm. basically has bases all over the world where mm-hmm. they have DTSs, but then they also have like a discipleship Bible school where you dive into the Bible for three months. A secondary... Secondary schools encompass like discipleship mm-hmm. Bible schools, um, biblical studies, school Apologet- biblical studies. Mm-hmm. Apologetics. You'll have a secondary medical Mm-hmm. Primary healthcare. So you guide yeah. deep, way deeper into healthcare in the bush in third world countries. Mm-hmm. A lot of secondary schools, like Bible core course, uh-huh. where you can actually go to Israel and read through the Bible, like in the places where they were written and like where they happened. There's so many secondary courses. It really just dives yeah. deeper. Like once you've kind of gotten a good base, then mm-hmm. you can you can get. You can even get college credits, but you yeah. get deeper into the Bible, into the foundation of, well, maybe not foundation, but, like, you know yourself. You're supposed to know yourself, and yeah. then mm-hmm. you build up from there. So you're building up knowledge to be able to go out into the world and, well, even just know the Bible better mm-hmm. or know how to defend your faith. Yeah. yeah. So. Indonesia. Did, what? Did you read that book, too? Lauren Cunningham's uh, God, Is That Really You? Yes. Is That yes. Really You, God? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Out of five stars, what do you rank it? For what reason? Like, what part of it? It was in really the in the way you connected with it, and it made sense to you. Oh, five stars! It was really easy. See, to I understand. got a three star out of it. Really? Yeah. So, so I read it before I went to YWAM. So there okay. was like, for me, it was like I'm going in knowing why they have certain rules. Like, a typical YWAM rules: you don't date in YWAM. Now, Marine mm-hmm. Reach was like, no, we don't exactly have that. Well, we'll allow it to. We will kind of monitor it and discourage it. Mm-hmm. But it's not like a hard no. And they do this because you're spending lots of money to go and better your relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And to have a relationship with like a significant other, that's a whole, like that's a distraction. Like that's not mm-hmm. your purpose for being there right then and there. 
So that's kind of why they say don't date, but it's it, it's a joke. It's a running joke in there. <laughs> or they're like, you find your husband at the end of DTS. Well, people <laughs> oh, start dating yeah, I like the week after DTS. Just, yeah, I've, yeah, I've just found them. So. I, th- I feel like that is, though, something, you know, people do go in. Being a Christian, i got to find my significant other. This is the Lord leading me to that person. Because <laughs> yeah. when, I, when I read that book, Mike said, like, this is... This will give you uh, a, a side to see from Alana's point of view, because mm-hmm. my whole side was uh, staying put in the states and doing work here rather than going overseas or youth with a mission. That was never attractive to me in the sense of me going and doing that. And so I read that book. I'm like, yep, I can see why Alana would do this and why I wouldn't. <laughs> it, like it made it made it clear for me like why I'd be planted here. Uh, but I got to see that side. I'm like, yep. I'll support people and let, let them do, <laughs> let them why wham it out uh, over there overseas. You know, just for me, it was just like, yeah, I don't think God has really called me to do that, which is interesting to hear, you know, the different mm-hmm. sides of it too. But yeah, I read that book. I'm like, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And I, well, the thing is like, I would encourage anyone to do TTS. I wouldn't say that you need to do it one. Yeah, definitely not. Because it's kind of up to the person. It's like, is God leading you? Like some mm-hmm. people go in, they have no idea what they're getting into. Honestly, I don't think I even knew what I was fully getting into. I wasn't expecting to be wrecked, like completely wrecked. But like, you knew. I, was, I, was, I knew that like it was going to be difficult. Do some people go into YWAM blind? Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> they have no idea what they yeah. got into. So what happens with that percentage? Like let's let's say people who have no idea what's going on, how how many of those turn back or, you know, what's the continuance rate of that? You know, know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know if there's like a percentage of like they do yeah. the stats on it, but I know some people, I mean, their like lives are completely changed. Because some people just have to drop out. Like this isn't yeah. for me. You yeah. know, they didn't count the cost. Yeah. And they're like, yes, this is not it. Yeah, and some people do leave, and while they, they the leaders there, the staff, it, like, walk through with it. It's like, is this mm-hmm. something you actually want to do? We actually did have someone on our school leave. Yeah. And, like, it was a it was a good decision for her personally because, and it was during outreach, so she's like, I, I have some other personal issues that I need to deal with that I cannot be pouring out to people whenever I can't be with myself. Like, mm-hmm. I, I can't be yeah. pouring out from an empty container. Yeah. So, I mean, you do have that, and then you have your, your stories where it's, like, completely transformed. They're like, I have no idea what I got into, and this was incredible. Like, my life is now fully, you know, turned. But you, it, they're few and far between. Like, most people's stories are, oh, I, was a, I grew up a Christian, and I'm mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think you know the extent of how much you get wrecked. Uh, but so what do you mean by way. get wrecked? So, for me... Uh, Getting wrecked is kind of like you're just up, uprooting things in your mm-hmm. life that you didn't even know existed. So for me, it was dealing with rejection of really, I don't even know, like myself, but other people's love. So for me, it's easy to give love, but it's hard for me to receive love. Or I was like, well, I get close with this person. What if they just up and leave me? And I didn't really have a good reason because I grew up with a really solid family. I grew up with good friends. Like I had I had a good church. Like no one just like left me. Like I I was like what is this reason behind it? And like you know the first week they're like, well, you know, orphan or like orphan spirit and mm-hmm. it, it's those are the symptoms of it. And then we dive we dove deeper into it later in the later in our 12 weeks of lecture phase where it's just like, oh, like this here are the roots and then there are the fruits. And so it's like oh, this is just wild. And then dealing with stuff that maybe you've like swept underneath the rug and you're like, I don't want to deal with this. I'll deal with it later. And it just festers, grows, and becomes infected. And you're like, ugh. 
Mm-hmm. So you're just kind of chopping out like the bad things in your life, but also replacing it with like promises that God has given you mm-hmm. and identity. So identity was huge for our school. Absolutely, yeah. And just learning is like, hey, what's your identity in God? And actually, Marie, you have a really good question of that. If you didn't talk about what you did, how would you identify yourself? How would you explain yourself if you, not where you're from, what you do. What you do, where you're from, or like the family you're from. Like, because a lot of people where I come from would explain their family. Like, you're known by your family, like whoever your grandparents are, because Lancaster County is very intermingled with Amish and Mennonite. If you could not, who would you say that you are? If somebody asks you, oh, like, who are you? And you can't say your job. You can't say your school that you go to. Um, You can't say the family or where you're from. How would you explain yourself? I mean, DTS, you make friends, you get experience. You experience a lot of different cultures, so we got to experience a lot of food. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, that was good stuff. Uh, I mean, and you meet God in a way that you would never do. Like, you, Mm -hmm. you basically set aside six months to spend time with God. Mm-hmm. with other people yeah from across the world and they all all cultures experience God in a different way yeah so they you you bring in like Denmark's perspective or Brazil's perspective and South Korea's perspective and New Zealand's and then you get you get a fuller picture of God mm-hmm. yeah I think that was one of my favorite parts about YOM is how so many different denominations of people can come together for one purpose and that's to to know God and to make him known and to see that played out, like, especially on outreach, like, with our team, because we had so many different people from all over the world, from South America, North America, in, in, in Europe. Europe, yeah, and, like, it's just, to have all these people be able to come together and have one purpose and be able to get along, because I think that's definitely something in the U.S. You can see a lot of denominations fighting or, like, we don't get along. There's so many different denominations of churches and stuff and they don't work together or like we're breaking off of this church because we believe this differently than this one but then you have all those people in YOM and in a DTS coming together for one purpose and it goes well mm-hmm. and it's like that's like incredible the little petty stuff of the, mm-hmm. uh, the western world or yeah. just our lives are just kind of fade away because your one focus is Jesus yeah mm-hmm. and make him known Marie, what is your God-sized dream? My God-sized dreams. I have lots of dreams. I dream a lot about a lot of different things and opportunities. Um, I would say one of them would be going to Asia as a missionary and having my own family, but also having like an orphanage-type setting, but not like a huge orphanage, an orphanage where... It's family oriented, and you. So you want to be a missionary? Yes, yeah, I do want to be a missionary, and I can be a missionary anywhere I'm at. But I would love to go to Asia. Um, I could see myself there long term. Whether God has that for me, I don't know. But I would love anywhere I go in the world. I would love to have like an orphanage type setting, but family oriented. So like, we went to one in Indonesia, that they had like eight kids per like nanny or mom, Um, and I really like that idea to give them a family as orphans and like so not like a hundred kids and like a couple caretakers yeah so where it's not just like hey number two come over here hey come on it's time to eat it's like no i can actually spend time with them and invest Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. cool and to have them give them identity like in a family and just like teach them about the lord yeah 
that would be one of my God-sized dreams. That was a fun orphanage to go to. That was a really fun orphanage. Would you own it? Would it be a uh, non-profit or business-type deal with that? I don't know. It could be whatever God wants it to be. Would you want that to happen? To be yours? Dream with no limits. Yeah. I would say, yeah. I think what would the name be? Yeah. Oh, I have no idea. Kodesh. Kodesh. Oh. Actually, that would be a Kadosh. good idea. Yeah. Because every time you say it, it's like you're reminded like that's God. Yeah. And each of those kids are like place. set aside for the Lord. Oh, I oh. actually like that a lot. Wait. Yeah. We just. Okay. Prophetic. So so when we ask like, what's your God-sized dreams? Like we have our dreams. Those are pretty. Mm-hmm. Those can actually be a little bit more reasonable. But then it's like. So it starts with, okay, what would be a dream for your life? Mm-hmm. What's bigger than that? And then what's your God-sized dream? What's uh, without limits or limitations? Yeah either like financially, geographically, or like even like for you physically, whatever that might be, what can God go do? It's like only God can do this. It's like there's no way that I would be able to do this if everyone supported me or like whatever, you know. So that that part where you own it Mm -hmm. is yours. God's side. Yeah. What's your favorite way a potato is made? Mashed potatoes probably. Toppings? None. Because it's my family's mashed potatoes, and they're amazing. They don't need toppings. I love toppings on potatoes so much. <laughs> well, there's so much stuff in it because you put like sour cream and butter. So and there cream is toppings cheese. on there's it. There's stuff in it. It's not really <laughs> toppings. Yes, it is, it is. Okay, is okay. Toppings are mix-ins. Like it's because it's mashed potatoes, so you mix it all together. So yeah. it's not really toppings. But you can. Uh, okay. What? Okay. The better question was <laughs> mix-ins <laughs> or toppings. Because yeah, all that stuff. It's like okay. Is it a hippo or a rhinus? Rhinoceros. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Can you please continue on with the with the mix-ins and your mashed potatoes? Because I'm getting hungry. I feel loopy. <laughs> so you do sour cream. Butter, uh, cream cheese. Is it butter or butter? Butter. She's from Pennsylvania. I don't know. She said something that had like a little Pennsylvanian accent. Okay, continue on, please. And then garlic powder, <laughs> onion salt, and salt. Onion salt? As yeah. opposed to garlic salt? Yeah. Because <gasps> that exists. I think no, they all taste powder. the same. I don't, I don't know. One I of them's onion. Garlic and onion both have salt and powder. One of them's salt, one of them's powder. Powder. If you could can have. Can you beatbox? No, I cannot. Can you rap? No. Are you musically talented? Marie can sing. I can sing and I can play piano a little bit. So, yes. <laughs> I mean, in comparison to you, yes. In comparison to me, she can sing and play the piano at the same time, so yes. Why'd you just try to make yourself sound so much better than me? <laughs> oh my gosh. I didn't mean to. Yes, you did. I was trying to make Marie just be like, ah. No, you made Marie look, ah. But then you took me and kicked me right in the pants. <laughs> if you could have a little animal on your shoulder to be your pet, what would you have? First thing that comes to mind is a monkey. Why? I don't know, because they're cool. Monkey or ape? Monkey. If it doesn't have a tail, it's a monkey. Even if it has a monkey kind of shape. You have just defied. (laughs) No. Okay. If If it has a tail, it's a monkey. Don't confuse the people. I'm sorry. I forgot. I forgot the song. Do you not know my degree? (laughs) No. 
Neither do I. Okay. What is your degree? Jeez. What? What? <laughs> like in college? She didn't go to college. I didn't go to college. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> I, I, that's I, did, okay. I didn't know. It's okay. You have to. You're embarrassing me in front of your friends. I'm sorry. It's what I do best. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you could chop off a limb. Oh, gosh. I was going to say, hey, if you could go to college or you wanted to go to college, maybe that would be a good that would be a good transition from that awkward phase you put me in. But no, let's cut them off and say, hey, let's literally cut off one of your limbs. That gets us somewhere in a conversation. Ask your question, boy. Hey, you did good. You, hey, you did good today. You did really good today. After our 20-minute intro, you did fantastic. So you didn't go to college? No, I did not go to college. So are you going to go back to YWAM? I would love to. I had wanted to go back to New Zealand and staff, but obviously that did not happen because of COVID and all the stuff happening. So I would love to, but I am slowly learning to lay that down of whether or not God has that for me. So what's it looking like for the life of Marie? At this point, I don't know. I just quit my job about a month ago, and I have a bunch of small jobs right now, but I'm for the first time in my life that I really feel like this, I'm just like, okay, God, where do you want me? Do you want me to go somewhere? I don't know. Right now, I don't know. I'm just doing things as they come up because I feel like that's what the Lord's where the Lord's leading me. So do you have anything like in your sights and line of what to do? Not necessarily, no. Just Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And being open. I think. And willing I, to I do think it. all three of us have kind of been at that point then. Well, yeah, yeah. Marie and you I know? were supposed to go back to New Zealand like roughly the same time. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we're all three of us aren't supposed to be in country. Yeah. Why did I say it in this accent? Oh, I have no you, idea. Your podcast tank has now been unplugged. I am at, yep. Zero percent, guys. Okay. Anything else you want to mention to our people? Encouraging word. What would be an encouraging word for young people looking to go to YWAM or going into missions? I would say do it. If you get the chance, do it. Um, A lot of times, I think for me... A lot of a lot of people I know don't like short-term mission trips. I really do because I think it just gives a taste of what missions can look like. And a lot of times it affects you more than it might ever affect the people that you're going um, to minister to. And honestly, I think that that is okay. But when you go into missions, go with a servant heart and a servant attitude to serve and to show the love of God. Don't go for yourself because when you go f- with a servant heart, you will be impacted. And you will also impact others. If you go for yourself, it can just lead to a lot of problems. But I would say definitely do it because just even the perspective that you get from going to other countries is incredible. And it like it totally changes your perspective on life, especially if you're going to a poorer country or not to a Western, westernized culture. Hmm. It changes your perspective immensely. Well, Marie, thanks for joining us today and hanging out, you know, doing stuff around the church and mm-hmm. experiencing Farmington a little bit. It's been oh, a yeah. joy to have you, and uh, 
we'll catch you next week. Well, before we sign off, we do have a few announcements. Okay. You know, we just moved into our new sanctuary. We just did Name Tag Sunday. Mm. We only have a couple more weeks for our Wednesday night services. Then we move into our small groups. But this year is coming to a close, and guys, there have been so many things that happened here. So thank you for your prayers. Continue to be praying. Um, and if you don't know what to pray for, we just had somebody pour out a little bit most of their life story and what to do. Uh, so there you go. Pray for Marie. And uh, guys, we'll see you on the next episode. Next week. See ya. Yeah. We did it. Ba-dum-bum. Bam.